Welcome to another episode of uh, Sports Card Insights. Uh, uh, Dr. James Beckett, I'm here with Mike Fruitman, one of our outstanding sponsors. Also have Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, as well as Burbank Sports Cards, BGS, BAS, Beckett Media, and ComC, COMC.com. So lots of different ways to be involved in our hobby, in our industry. Today, with uh, Mike Fruitman here, we're going to talk about card shops and his shop in particular this time. We may get into some philosophy of what makes a, a great card shop, but we're just going to focus on his great shop. We're going to at least launch and start out with talking about his great card shop up in Aurora, Colorado. So welcome, Mike. Uh, tell us a little bit about your card shop, how it got started, and uh, how it's evolved into something that's a, uh, now a, a destination for uh, hobby-determined families. After getting out of college, I had a great evening job, and I needed a perfect complement day job to go with it. So I started hanging out at the, the LCS, the local card shop around the corner from my parents' house, and I, I became kind of like Norm, uh, <laughs> except for I didn't drink all the alcohol. You've got a lot of pop culture references. You realize that. Bill Simmons is my dude. He is. He, he, anyway, sorry. Off. Um, so yeah, I, I started hanging out there, and it was basically one of those things where there's, there's that trust level with collectors where I trust you long enough to go to the bathroom for a short term with you in here, and then I eventually trust you to use the bathroom for a longer duration, and then I trust you long enough to go to lunch, and then finally I was the trustable guy, and started hanging out there and, and just, you know, whatever shifts I could grab, it, it justified not having to go out and get day jobs and interview places. So I was able to self-teach how to run a card shop and get paid at the same time. And finally, in December of 92, the owner came at me and said, well, Mike, as you know, I have been asking you not to cash your most recent paychecks, and you haven't asked me why, and here's the handwriting on the wall. So here it is, December of 1992, I get told that it's going to get sold to someone else, closed or sold to me. And it, when a card shop is there, it's, it is a section of the community. It is everybody else's cheers. When they're having a bad day, they can look forward right. to going there. And I, I, I didn't want to get a real job. That was scary. So I, I bought the store not knowing what the heck I was doing. Did you buy the store? Did you buy the store brand? Did you buy the store inventory? What were the component parts there? Was it a, a failing business with a lot of bad inventory or good inventory? Or what, what, what did you walk into when you, or what was your decision point at that point? I bought a skeleton, basically. It was a cash register, display cases, and slat wall. The owner kept all the commons there, and we had a deal set up where every common, he got 50% of whatever the sale was. Okay. And outside of that, all the wax and all the display cases left the store. Fortunately, I was I was lucky enough, I want to say smart enough, to have squirreled away some wax, so I had something to put on the shelves. But here it is, 92, pre-internet. Uh, there wasn't really a distributor in Denver. Right. So getting wax boxes meant SCD. It, mm. it meant begging tops to finally let me on, which they needed to know me. They, they needed to give me right. some time. But, you know, finding friends would go to Sam's Club, Price Club at the time, Costco, who could supply me with wax. And But it was really perfect timing because I was thinking, okay, here's this Shaquille O'Neal guy who's making a little bit of a slight impact ripple. And the next year there's this Rockies team that is coming to town. Right. If I can't make it now, I, I've got a gigantic push behind me. If I can't run this thing down the rest of the hill, then then how, you know, I'm never going to make it. And gained momentum, and then the 94 strike happened and survived that. And How has your mix uh, changed over the years? When you started, did you have other memorabilia, or was it mainly cards? And if it was cards, was it mainly unopened product or or some sorted commons and stars and sets of things? Starting off, at least, it was mostly single cards. Uh, in terms of memorabilia, we're a sports card shop that dabbles with memorabilia, and it's always been that way. Uh, if something walks in that's appropriate, that, that my collectors are going to want, of course, I'll buy it. Um, but, but pretty much from the onset and continuing, we are a sports card shop. So it, it's, it's evolved now where it's flipped, where it's mostly wax. But, but singles are still a very strong selection of, or part of our inventory. Commons? I mean, do you do a lot of comments, or is it because I mean, we, we have ComC yeah. and the Beckett Marketplace, and there's there's uh, places to get comments, and there's a lot of labor involved. What what what's 
and like like we were talking with the organizational aspect of just being able to access every card is is not fun. I think I've it's done fun, not fun for you probably. When I moved into my most recent location, I, I had this back area and I didn't know what to do with it. So I basically put all the commons back there and it just never got any attention. And, and it was the best day it was ever back there was the first day and it's been downhill slints. So somebody finally came in and I, I pestered them enough where they finally paid to, not a pittance, but enough to clean up the room. And it was basically to reacquire space. And we put other things back up there to clear off the floors. But, and, and I say this horribly, but I don't sell commons. It's, I feel badly. I feel like I'm not servicing all my collector base. What do you tell them to do? Cause you don't tell them, Hey, uh, what do you tell them to do? Um, we, we do have some. We get some singles that are left behind. We break open one box of yeah. each tops product. But yeah, we, we are a very big proponent of, of Burbank. We send people to, to Comp C. I have no problem sending people to places that can help them. If it's another card shop, if it's another entity, I really don't mind. And I feel like at that point, I'm becoming more of a trusted advisor. Right. And yes, I don't make the 98 cents selling 14 commons to someone. Um, but I, I, I was about to say, but I'm okay with that. I'm really not okay with that. I just realized it has to be my mindset to continue. Well, the trade-offs, you can't be all things. Uh, as, as you said, Rob Veris has a, uh, an approach at Burbank, and it, it, it's very labor-intensive. And, uh, and it seems like you have a little bit more of a dynamic thing going where you're making, they come to your shop not with a want list to buy these specific cards and that's it. They're looking for an experience. Completely. And you're giving them experience. But So does that mean your customers stay there longer? Or do they, because it would seem like in a, a transactional store, he's come in, it's what I want. It's like going to a grocery store and you just check out. But are you, are they hanging out at your store? Uh, if there is was that a, what you're trying to create? Are you a Starbucks? Uh, I'm, a, I'm an extended stay Starbucks. And if I was a... a Free Wi-Fi? Uh, I, I, my, my Wi-Fi thing is I'm in a van outside. That is my connecting. That's okay. what you connect to. Uh, okay. So, okay. so nobody ever uses it. It's great. But... but my, if I was a superhero, if there was an ex-Marvel movie, my, my superhero ability would be bladder control because I can have people in the store for three, four hours and, and, and it's just a hangout. When, like one of my regulars is at the show. I don't, I don't have customers, by the way. I have collectors. Um, you didn't use that word. It's just a self, self-correct. Uh, one of my collectors is out here, Mark, and my favorite days aren't when I leave the store and the registered tape tells me I had a good day. It's when I have a good day, which is hanging out with Mark. It's hanging out with Nick and, and all these collectors who come in. And I want to be that place where they go to. And if they happen to buy something, oh, so great as well. But that's, that's what I want. I've always wanted that. And when you, when you create that, I mean, I've always had a shop as an individual surrounded by cards. And if you buy me, you will buy my cards. And, and not from a buy perspective, but, but just to break it down. But you're competitively priced. You're not necessarily the lowest price or the highest price. You're, I would assume you're competitively priced. I'm very competitively if they would priced. Check it out. They wouldn't think, oh, wow, he overcharged me or I stole it or anything. Not I mean, at all. Just be fair pricing. And do you, you know, my old company and price guides, are you pricing by feel or are you taking into account a lot of these different, uh, uh, places where cards are sold or price guides? I mean, what's, what, what do you develop your basis for pricing based in, on your market there? Well, for new acts, it's very easy. You simply go with the trends. I mean, with Panini, they spell out where the lowest price you can put right. out. And certainly For a certain period of time. Exactly. For, so for that duration, we'll do that. Uh, we also offer a discount card club. So we've got people who used to come in the shop and they would see my car. I used to have this lovely 98 Intrepid. So if they saw that, they knew they could get the Mikey price. And okay. if they didn't see that 98 Intrepid, a lot of people wouldn't even come in. So I had to get rid of that. So you're either in the club or out. It's a year-long membership, blah, 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 but it works with all my collectors. Uh, it works with, more importantly with all my employees. So they, they don't have to deal with the, well, call Mike, because, you know, sometimes I'm, at one moment yeah. I remember is I was literally choking somebody at a Metallica concert, flipped my phone on back in the flip phone days, explained to my collector that I was choking somebody and I would call them in a minute and got to the gate, removed the gentleman, and he stepped up towards me and goes, wait a second. And I'm like, wait a second, are we going to fight here? What's our deal? Well, I, I mentally said that. And he goes, I got to know something. What's that? And he goes, were you really on the phone? Yes, I was really on the phone. 
That was so cool. Like me choking you and me on the phone was cool. So I quickly called the shop and it was the opposite question. Were you really choking somebody? Yes, I was really choking somebody. What do you need a price on? It's Metallica. I got to go back to work. Good kids. Don't, don't try that at home. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of kids, you, uh, have, uh, always had a heart for getting, I think, part of the lifeblood of the future hobby is having kids collecting now. So what what are you doing to promote kids coming into your shop and trying to help other card shops around the country realize that you, you, you've got to do certain things that make this hobby more inviting to kids? So what, what are you doing and what are you recommending for others? I'm flashing back to that moment where I got that first Pete Rose card from a pack of 78 Tops Baseball, and I want to create that moment for everybody else. People don't find sports cards. A lot of times they get dragged into it by their parents mm-hmm. uh, or, or friends. And what I'm trying to do is we, a month and a half ago we started getting names. Uh, we've got 149 kids who have signed up in a month and a half. We give them a, a nicely printed out card. And I remember being a kid and, and, and you know. A membership card. Absolutely. Okay. And, and every month they come in and I'm able to cross off June, July, whatever. And every time they come in they get a free pack. We started off with some extra promotional packs from Panini. And you can come in, get a pack and leave. And uh, which really happens. Most of the kids I would are. Think, yeah. How, how do you yeah. go somewhere and not try? Right. So and we also came up with a program. Plus, small... if they see other kids there. Exactly. Yeah. I, I want to create that thing so when they get that pack opening experience, so that it becomes a part of their life. I don't want to get them addicted. I just want it to be part of what they do and part of what they enjoy. And it's come to the point now we're getting kids. Everybody who comes to the store, not everybody, but a large percentage, have come in and they've signed up. But now we're getting kids who see other kids with that card. Um, a few of my um, collectors are, are coaches. So they're now saying, hey, go over there, join his club, get free cards. And the response has been incredible. I I kept track of how many kids came in. Our our comeback rate in the first month was incredible. And we're getting parents who are thanking us. And and just, you know, the kids are... There's no downside to this, is there? (laughs) I mean, you're investing some time to organize something, but is there any downside for you doing this? I mean, the kids are... They're pleasant, right? I mean, they're, They're they're, they're good kids. They're coming in. They're not coming in to steal. They're coming in to enjoy... So there's no real downside, right? No, there's, this is the opposite you're of downside. You're not a glorified babysitter. Correct, yes. But that could be. I mean, if, if parents drop off their kids and pick them up at the end of the... We used to have that, yes. Yeah, a cringe. But, yeah. but no, it, it's awesome. I get to be that place where the car slows down to four and the, the, kid, the door opens up. The, 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 the coolest thing is I get this one kid and he comes to the store and he's got his bike and he does like the skidding noise and he like, you know, just like applies the brakes and he runs in and he's just got happy to be there. Got here as I could. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and and to, to be that place, I get to own a card shop. I don't have to own a card shop. I mean, sometimes on a Saturday at 6.30 at night when I'm tired of being there, yeah. But I get to own a card shop. I get to do this every day. And I'm going to make sure that that happens at my store. And I want to work with other shops to create this on a shop level. And if there's a manufacturer who wants to partner up, a distributor who wants to get in on us, well, there's so many end runs on products. I'm not asking for a 1,000 jerseys every month. I'm just hoping for the scraps. Unfortunately, uh, we just had a, a company send us out a very generous amount of packs. So we're all set for August, excuse me, August. And we're, we're ready to give out. And the kids are, you know, I, I hope they're at the door right now chomping yeah. on whatever we're throwing out. Because it's August. It's August, yes, new day. Where are you? Yeah, you're in Chicago, unfortunately. <laughs> no, this, this, fortunately, I, this is, I get to be here. I, like, I get to be here. Do you ever hire any of these kids for part-time stuff? I mean, we, a lot of the, yes, absolutely. We, the people who work in the shop, it's, it's, when you hire somebody to work in a shop, it's a real balance. You've got to have somebody who's got that card knowledge, but right. doesn't have a card addiction. And I've got a lot of knowledgeable people. I hopefully have weeded out the addicted folks, thanks to the assistance of the Aurora police. Right. Um, <laughs> it was 1800. We, 2000 is apparently a felony within the city of Aurora. These are things I wish I didn't have to know. Yeah. Well, uh, I actually had a card shop a long time ago. And one of the young men that, uh, Worked for us. I actually had a partner and partners when I was doing that. I wondered if you ever had a partner, other than not counting a wife. But, <laughs> but uh, 
uh, never know. One of the guys that I hired, uh, that we hired, uh, turned out to then much later come work at Beckett Publications, and was just a fabulous employee. His, his, uh, he had good character when he was a kid. He had that right balance of knowledge, and you're calling it addiction, but it's just uh, there's a, a character and and uh, competency. He he knew the stuff, and he also had good uh, good boundaries. And uh, it w- went on to a, a very nice career. But he's, he's moved on now to a different career, but uh, was a fabulous contributor. I'm talk- I should say his Yeah, I'm, I'm working through. It's who Dan Hitt. Dan Hitt, who was okay. our, our key football guy for so many years. And, but he's uh, doing other things now. But he was 14 when I hired him. <laughs> not not, not, uh, not in, in the card shop. That's a long, long time ago. Sure. But uh, great memories of that. And I'm sure you're, you're living, uh, you're creating new memories right now. So thanks, Mike Fruitman, for telling us about Mike Stadium Sport Cards. We'll, uh, we'll uh, do this again. I, I do want our listeners to know what's going on in, uh, in uh, card shops. And I hope our listeners will uh, frequent their local card shop. That's, that's Mike's desire as well. So again, thanks, Mike, for, uh, for uh, sitting here with us. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll do it again. Absolutely. Absolutely.